He's Christian. He's Jimmer. And we're back for more episodes. Episode one episode of Two PTs and a Bag of Chips. Today, per a listener request from Luke, we're going to cover myofascial innovations. Things like foam roll, Theragun, Theracane. And we will be reviewing the Deep River Sweet Maui Onion. Compliments of Jimmer. Freshly imported. Yes. I can't remember where I got them. Auburn, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Tennessee? Tennessee. Kansas? Somewhere out there. That's good. Uh, pretty excited for Deep River. They make a solid chip, so we'll, we'll get to that in a while. can't believe I got a chip that has onion in it. But it was all they had. I am pretty surprised you got one with onion, too. But it's sweet onion, so... Oh, yeah. uh, so it's better. Totally, totally different. Yeah. Myofascial innovations. Potentially, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot more machines and options out there for, for myofascial tissues and, and processes and that sort of stuff. Um, foam rolling is one of the older ones at this point. I mean, it's always been around since I've been to PT. I don't know when it first showed up for you, Jimmer, but... Uh, right when the, the whole spoon and ASTM knife myofascial release stuff showed up. So about 20 years ago. Right. It was after the... Um, after the, uh, the the Rolfing thing. So Rolfing got huge, which is basically uh, people bruising you for fun. Mm. It's like a severe deep tissue release massage technique thing. And then, uh, I can't remember who came up with the foam roll, but somebody was using foam rolls for balance, and then people started lying on them, and then people went, whoa, look at this. You can do um, myofascial release. You really can't. What you can do with it is it hurt yourself, but it sounds good. It sounds It sounds great. Around here, we use a really soft foam roll when we do use a foam roll. So the the recent trend has been to basically go as hard as possible. I mean, I've heard people rolling on like PVC pipe and that sort of sounds stuff. Sounds great. Which doesn't really sound pleasant. And I, when I say we use a soft roll, our roll will change shape under, you know, traditional pressure. So... It's really soft in comparison. Uh, we use it a fair bit for uh, certain exercises. It's a nice way to do like a like a pec stretch on. Um, occasionally we'll roll some, some IT bands and some glutes and that sort of stuff. Uh, the occasional thigh or, or three or hamstring. But uh, that's about it with the foam roll. I tell most people who use it to go home a minute or two. You don't get super carried away. You're just doing a little bit of stuff here. If you get really aggressive, we tell a lot of people not even to use their body weight, just to roll with their, their arm pressure or put it against the wall and kind of lean into it a little bit. And this has a lot to do with evidence. There isn't always the strongest evidence for, and per a systematic review I found from 2019, the duration of myofascial rolling for optimal recovery, range of motion, and performance by uh, Hughes and Rammer. The most evidence-based benefit of myofascial rolling is the alleviation of muscle soreness. Seven of eight studies assessing pain soreness resulted in a short-term reduction and a minimum dose of 90 seconds per muscle appeared beneficial. While 10 of 17 studies involving range of motion showed acute improvements, the results were inconsistent and highly variable. No significant effects on performance were detected. So this is a pretty comprehensive review that basically found 
maybe it helps a little, but probably not that much really. It's it's one of the um, the age old theories. If it makes you feel better and it doesn't do any harm, there's no uh, point in not doing it. Yep. But to do it because you feel there's going to be structural improvement. Personally, I feel that there's a fair bit of endorphin release, similar to when you bump your elbow and you rub it. You rub it, and that releases endorphins, and so that feels kind of good momentarily. And so if you are foam rolling and you are rubbing an area that is fairly sore or uncomfortable, you will get a localized endorphin release, and that will make you feel somewhat better momentarily. If that makes you feel better and you feel more confident moving, your range of motion will improve. Is that something that you need to do for 45 minutes as hard as humanly possible? Probably not. And as a result, right, a few minutes of of kind of well-placed foam rolling is probably all you need. And per the study, right, 90 seconds is considered the minimum effective dose. So doesn't take a lot. No. No. Usually... um People have a tendency to do too much with that. Yeah, we've seen people get carried away. We've seen some some bruising in some areas, particularly sensitive areas like, you know, the distal knee. I mean, it's a bony spot. Right? If you feel like you're working your distal IT band really aggressively, maybe you're just rolling over the, the bony prominence there, and that might feel like something, but afterwards it won't feel any better necessarily. So definitely something to just don't get carried away. I think there's a place for foam rolling, but I think it's it's vastly over-prescribed and um, you know, in a lot of cases over-self-treated with it, right? Back off a little bit. It's okay. You don't have to go get crazy aggressive. Don't hurt yourself. No, it, it brings tears to your eyes. You're probably going too hard. You've you got a little over the top. That whole no pain, no gain stuff is, is yeah. uh, a little overdone. And, and I got to say that there are some therapists and maybe massage therapists, physical therapists that buy into that theory and they're not they're not happy until the patient crawls out of their facility with bruises and red streaks and I, I think that's a little over the top. That's just my personal humble opinion. Nothing scientific about that, but other than thirty years of practice. Honestly that's pretty good substitute based on my ventures. I stayed up way too late looking into this stuff. The Theracane, which was asked about specifically, uh, similar to the foam rolling, uh, I mean, little useful evidence available out there. The best I could find was a uh, student physical therapy uh, project done uh, through the, uh, or presented at the Waldron College Conference System, the third annual Warden College Interprofessional Symposium and Expo. Sounds fascinating. Um, this was uh, instrument-assisted versus self-released soft tissue mobilization technique for active myofascial trigger points. So for this, you have to believe in the trigger point model uh, to begin with, and then and that's a whole other story for a different day. Anyway, uh, the results basically found of the ten participants, there was the statistically significant improvement in side bend for groups using both the Theracane and the Graston technique uh, with the average change for the Theracane being 
almost two and a half times, a little bit more than two and a half times that for the Graston technique. So the Graston technique is that kind of spoon or knife technique yeah. that uh, we mentioned earlier. It's, it's so that all falls under the instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization, the IASTM model. Uh, and so with that, obviously the Theracane is kind of a curved cane-looking thing with a couple knobs sticking off of it. And uh, that provided greater, in this particular case, right, very small group, 10 people doesn't really count for much, um, a two and a half times increase, right? It's hard to measure side bend for cervical range of motion to 1.83 degrees. So, you know, take the evidence here with a... A huge grain of salt. Yeah. But again, evidence for these things is, is quite sparse. There's not a lot of third-party assessment that's being done in terms of assessing the value of these. Uh, just across the literature, it's, it, was, it was tricky to find anything that wasn't essentially a study provided by the maker of said device. And so I tried to stay away from any of those, which was harder than I actually anticipated, to be honest with you. Yeah, the other thing Luke asked about specifically was like a Theragun or, or a Hypervolt or, or one of those similar uh, devices. Um, so these are basically, uh, you know, jigsaws that they put a, a rubber ball on the end of now. And so it just kind of whacks away at you with this ball. You can change the tip from a round ball to a pointy thing to a more flat device. Um, but they're all essentially the same style of instrument. Yeah, using, something that, using high speed oscillation to yeah. quote unquote break up scar tissue, adhesions, yeah. myofascial tightness, trigger points, what all, have you. all that kind of stuff. I couldn't find a single third party study last night at all. So I think it's one of those things that and maybe we're being too uh, too proper about this in trying to find scientific evidence. The, the general rule with these type of applications is that it makes you feel better. And if it makes you feel better, you're going to whack yourself with a tennis racket for all we care. Yeah. Just don't do any damage. And I think there is a fine line when you start doing these type of applications where you inflict pain or discomfort upon yourself and you kind of feel good because you do it. Sometimes the tendency is to do too much pain and you end up inflicting too much damage. If you're dealing with somebody who is healthy, that may not be a big deal, but if you're dealing with somebody who's trying to break up, you know, scar tissue and there's an actual incision with scar tissue there, you have to be careful that you don't overdo it and actually create a response that is unwanted. So summarizing in my humble opinion, and I'll send it back to you, is uh, if you want to use any of these devices, you know, find something that you feel comfortable with, that you we haven't even talked about the rad roller which is like uh like a yeah like a pie roller kind of what do you call those yeah um devices uh so there's lots of things out there like a tiger tail and all yeah that. It's, I mean, it's very simple to kind of try to 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 use a tennis ball or a lacrosse ball which is what we tell most of our patients we, which is relatively inexpensive and you can control the dosage by using your hand so instead of using your body weight use your hand at the end of the day, if you find something that works for you, great, more power to you. Um, we can't find, obviously, and Christian's worked hard on this, 
we can't find any true scientific data at this point in time. And if you're listening and you have some, please send it our way. But we can't find anything that, that says one device is better than another and doing it you know, for a half hour is better for you than doing it for 10 minutes. You know, if you feel, I have lots of patients that feel that they have benefit from rolling and from, from um, you know, pressure point releases. Great, I mean, use it. Just, just be, be cautious when you use it. That's my five bits. No, I think that's a really good summation there. Um, I have one other article specifically related to to the the uh, instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization stuff. So the IASTM stuff. Um, this was another randomized control trial, or sorry, it's a systematic review of seven randomized control trials. So, so pretty sound evidence. Or, or base of evidence, it found that essentially the intervention produced kind of short-term gains up to 24 hours. So it had a brief beneficial outcomes um, with no real long-term benefit. So kind of follows the same thing we're, we're talking about. If, if it provides you some relief and it helps you do something in the short term, absolutely. Go to town. Just don't get carried away. I think that's well said. Yeah. Trivia time. Don't even remember last week's. So, when was the snowiest recorded year in Denver history? Hmm. That's right. So the the year the the season was 1908-1909. So it's from July to the following June is how they measure the snow seasons. How many inches? How many feet? So we had a 118.7 inches of snow. That sounds like a lot. This was recorded at 16th and Larimer, which is where they used to record things, so down, directly downtown, from 1882 to 1915. Uh, after that, they moved it basically to uh, like the airports, Stapleton, Stapleton Airport, and then uh, now they measure it at DIA, which is pretty far away from downtown. So yeah. you definitely get a different, different setup there completely. Um, but good guess by Mr. Tony Cree. I guess 1905. Uh, Natasha guessed 100. Uh, I think she was guessing how much snow. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Natasha, you're gonna have to tell me what you were doing there exactly. 100s a year, but it was a long time ago. Maybe that's the year she meant. I don't know if the people. 1905. Were... That's not really fair because Tony was around in 1905. So Whoa. he probably he Whoa. probably Tony. If you listen to this, fire, uh, drive safe. Yeah. He's bringing his daughter back to. To school? School in Oregon. Yeah. Safe travels. And I was joking. You weren't born until 1915. Whoa. Whoa. Look good. You look good, Tony. He does. Looks really good for 1915. Uh, this week's question. Heliotrope and puce are both... What? Yes. That's a weird question, but it, it, it's for next week, so I have a lot of answers for that. There's so a history. It'll be, yeah. it'll be entertaining. Heliotrope and puce. Puce. How how does one spell puce? P u c e. Puce. Puce. Huh. Yeah. Not like not like pews, like in a church. P e w s. No, no, no pews. not pews. Huh. No. Puce. Puce. Huh. Can you say? Yep. All right. Chip time. The Deep River, sweet Maui onion. Compliments yeah. of Jimmer. Probably the best chip I've ever had was uh, the Deep River um, mango, habanero. mango habanero. So when I saw this, 
This is the only one they had. I said, let's give her a whirl. It's a solid chip. I mean, Deep River makes a really nice chip here. It's a very strong onion flavor. Yeah, which isn't my preferred flavor. But, no. But it's a, I mean, it's a good chip. So I was curious, <clears throat> since we've had multiple onion flavor chips before and I've never enjoyed them, I figured if I use a chip that I'm really, really excited about, mm -hmm. maybe it's better. Mm -hmm. Turns out it isn't. No, it's still onion, no. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the chip. It's the flavor. The chip is fantastic. Yeah. I don't know why people want onion flavor chips, but that's why, you know, Hey, taste buds are different, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to go pretty unorthodox. I'm going to actually give this one thumb up. Um, um, the flavor is not for me. The chip is really solid. If you like onion, this is probably much higher on your list. If you like onion, this is going to be like a three right. easily. But I'm, I'm going to chip is so good. But I'm um, going to give this yeah. a solid one. I'm with Christian, and that's saying a lot for me because um, yeah. I don't like onion flavored chips. I love onions, just not in my chips. Yeah, I know. It's just it's a lingering flavor. The um, yeah. Uh, chip chair ratio, small bag. It's a two ounce bag, so it's kind of hard to be fair. Forty forty percent on that thing. So. Probably I don't know what they do with their chips. Their chips are delicious. But they, they make a really nice chip. It's because they, they're cooked exclusively in sunflower oil. Hmm. Never a blend. Sweet Maui onion. Is that a special kind of... It still tastes like onion, though. It's very... It's very. Yeah. I mean, Maui onion chips are apparently pretty well known in Hawaii, obviously. Okay. I don't know if they have big onion farms in Hawaii. Uh, it's, it's not, not offensive in any way. It's just not a good flavor. It's just not for me. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that, buddy. No, I'm giving it. Still I giving called, it the one, though. I called I'm you, giving, buddy. Giving you credit, Deep River. Well done. Thank you for listening today. Next week, we're going to have an, have an interview, probably. We're going to have Paul Hendrickson have come in. Yeah. He's, a, he's an orthotist, prosthetist. He has his new venture, Solely My Feet. It's a uh, It's an online orthotic assessment tool um, that he's jump starting we're gonna we're gonna help him jump start it I've worked with Paul for 25 years um, if you need orthotics he's the guy that we send you to he's amazing he's extremely skilled and gifted uh, knowledgeable and um, and I'm excited for him about this this venture and so we figured it would be a great opportunity for us to take a look at the use and benefits of orthotics, um, the different types of orthotics out there, um, and uh, and we'll get his spiel on it. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be good. And then we're going to review the Lay's Nashville Hot Chicken, which is their uh, featured flavor kind of thing going on right now. We've had a couple of the Lay's that didn't really turn out that well, but I'm I'm quasi excited for this one. So I read the ingredients list. There's legit chicken in it and stuff. So we'll we'll see how that yeah how that plays out. Uh, but thank you, Lizzie and Matt Schneider, on that one. Also, safe travels if you guys are still driving back from Florida. Absolutely. If you like today's episode, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. If you want more information on this topic, give us a follow on the Instagram and Twitter. We'll be posting stuff on there this week. If you need more information on rebound therapy, check out our website, reboundclinic.com. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.